0: Everyone, my name is Pastor Brett. I want to welcome you here today. Uh, welcome everyone watching online. Sorry for that really long delay during meet and that was a long meet and greet tonight. Today, I'm not sure why, but it maybe even go into tonight. I don't, I'm not sure. But uh, but that was some good. That was some good visiting today. God is so good. I love what God's been doing already. Amen. I'm hearing something here. Am I too loud? Is there an echo? Something's going on. A little echoey maybe. Um, I forgot to go do a sound check here before service, so so that's my fault. How are we doing? Good. Okay. Today's message is entitled Soul Care, and uh, we're continuing on here uh, and talking about mental health, and I decided that I'm going to take my time with this. Um, And so we're going to talk today and we're also going to talk next week about soul care under this topic of mental health. And, And last week we started our soul care already by talking about mental illness and how to begin healing in our mental health. And we discovered that healing starts with Jesus, that Jesus is our hope and Jesus is our healer. Is that right? Yeah. Jesus showed us that we don't have to be intimidated by mental illness or fear confronting it or even avoid people that struggle with it. Jesus showed us that that there's complexity to mental health. That there's there's many causes of mental health and sometimes it's not spiritual. Sometimes it's biological, psychological, social, okay? And just how, how uh, it's absolutely okay for us to seek help from doctors and hospitals when we're physically hurt. It's okay for us to seek help from hospitals and doctors when we're uh, mentally hurt, mentally struggling as well. Getting help's not a sign of weakness, but really it's a sign of who remembers, Wisdom. Good job. And so whatever the illness, whatever the cause, three things we decided about our king's corner culture. Okay, number one, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. We don't have to pretend here. Okay, we can be honest with where we're at. This is a culture where we're more concerned about actually being healthy than just maintaining an image of health for someone else. Does that make sense? Turn to your neighbor and say, "You crazy." But, I, but I'm okay with that. I, I'm just having fun. Look what I started. Once you get Eileen going, it's over. Okay, the, the truth is, the truth is, children, we all struggle with mental health, and we've all struggled with mental health, and we're going to continue to struggle with our mental health until we go be with Jesus. That's just the truth of it. Okay, and I'm going to show you that today. The second thing, uh, whatever the illness, whatever the culture, sorry, whatever the cause at King's Corner... There's no shame. There's no shame. This is a culture where we don't shame someone for struggling with mental health, just like we wouldn't shame someone for struggling with physical health. It's the enemy who accuses and condemns and shames. God's people love and encourage and offer hope. How many of you this morning are God's people? And number three, Jesus heals. Jesus heals. Jesus took all of our sickness, including our mental sickness, to the cross. Hallelujah. By his stripes, we're healed. Do you know that Jesus is the source for all of our healing? Jesus is the one who gives us permission to hope and to believe for healing. Jesus is the one who gives us permission to do that. Hallelujah. So thankful that I know Jesus. And we saw last week that all the demons in the world cannot stop you from running to Jesus. Amen? I want to begin today in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God said... Let us make man in our image. Who is the us and who is the our? Who's that referring to? There you go. Yeah, you're all right. Okay, it's God the Father. It's the Trinity. It's God the Father. It's Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons made us. In his image, in his likeness, we are one person in three parts. Does that make sense? What's our three parts? That's right body, soul, and spirit. We're spirit beings. We're spirit beings. It's kind of hard to get our mind around sometimes because we live in a, a physical body, but we're spirit beings who possess a soul, who live in a body. So our spirit is God conscious. Okay, God talks to our spirit. Deep calls to deep. It's our spirit that must be born again. Our spirit is made brand new. How many of you are a new creation in Jesus Christ? It's your spirit that is a new creature. In Jesus. Our spirit is really our true identity in Christ. Amen. Our spirit is righteous and holy and blameless in Jesus. Did you know that? You are righteous and holy and blameless in Jesus. Our spirit has the mind of Christ, okay? Our body, <clears throat> our body is world conscious. <clears throat> spirit is God conscious. Our body's world conscious. Our our body is aware of the elements of this world. Our body gets cold. Our spirit doesn't get cold. Our soul doesn't get cold. Our bodies get cold. Is that right? It's our earth suit. Okay. Our body, it's what we wear when we're on this earth. Our body is not born again. Okay. So what I mean by that is you're not going to get abs like this. Just, just because you've invited Jesus into your heart, all right? You got, you got to work at this, all right? So it just doesn't happen for you because you love Jesus, okay? So that's our spirit, our body, our soul is self-conscious. Okay, so our soul is our mind. It's creativity. It's our memories. God breathed and man became self aware. Our soul is our emotions. Our soul can be downcast and depressed and anxious and stressed and worried, or it can be peaceful and confident. Our soul remembers wounds. Mike Carter said he remembered a wound from 30 years ago. That's his his soul. Our soul can still hear words echo that were spoken over us from years ago. It remembers. Okay, and just like our body, our soul has not been born again. Okay, it's our soul that God wants to change into the image of Jesus from glory to glory to glory. To glory. As, as we become more like Jesus, we move into another glory. We become more like Jesus, now we move into another glory. That's, that's what that's, that's meaning. Okay? <clears throat> and, and our soul is, sorry, so our spirit is saved, that, and, our, and our soul is still being saved. We're, we're saved, and yet God calls us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Right, That's referring to our soul. Our spirit is righteous. How many of you are the righteousness of God and Jesus Christ? That's your spirit. That's your spirit. Your soul still being made righteous as we mature spiritually and are transformed into the image of Jesus. Our spirit is sanctified. Our soul is still being sanctified. Really our soul is trying to catch up to our newly created born again spirit. Okay, does that make sense, everyone? Our soul was born into sin. It's been corrupted and can still be corrupted by this world. It's vulnerable. Okay, our soul can be tempted and influenced by Satan. We know Satan's plans in John 10.10. They are to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, if Satan's going to fulfill those plans in someone, uh, then it's going to be an assault on their soul. Okay? Spiritual warfare is done in the soul. Satan can influence our thoughts, beliefs, and words, and actions by attacking our soul. Right? This is why God calls us to put on the armor of God. Ephesians 6, 11, and 12 says, put on all of God's armor. Then you can remain strong against the devil's evil plans. The armor is protection for our Soul. Thank you. Someone said that. Okay, and how many of you know where this battle in our soul takes place? Lots of books written about it. In our mind. That's right. The battlefield of the mind. There is a war going, in, going on in your mind for your soul. That battle, that war is daily. Okay? Okay. Um, Proverbs twenty three seven says, "For as he thinks in his heart, so is he." Another translation of that says, "So, uh, so does he become. We will become what we think, what we believe. Our soul feeds our spirit. What we think in our minds plants seeds in our hearts. Okay, and those seeds absolutely are going to impact our words, our beliefs, our actions, and determine who we become." Matthew 12, 34 says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Out of the mouth, the, sorry, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, and we know from Proverbs 18, 21 that there is power in words. There's power in the tongue, that life and death are in the power of our words. Okay, so, so this battle is for life and death. Okay, our soul is going to be impacted, is going to impact our words. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Okay, so your thoughts, your words, they set the course for your life. The way that we guard our heart is by guarding the entrances to our heart, our eyes, our ears, our mouth, and our mind and please understand this our mental health hinges on this everyday battle in our soul and for our soul many of the mental health disorders that people suffer from begin with this battle in the mind this is a battle for our soul okay and so let's understand what the will of god is for our mind Second Timothy 1.7 says for God has not given us a spirit of fear go ahead you help me out but of wow. power yeah. love and a sound mind he wow. wants us to have a sound mind okay God has not given you a mental health disorder God can't give you something that he doesn't have but it's his will that we have a sound mind. A mind that is not given over to worry and fear and anxiety. But a mind that's given over to peace and faith. That's a sound mind. It's not God's will that we have eating disorders. It's not God's will that we have mood disorders. It's not God's will that we have anxiety disorders. Okay? And this is part of, of Living in a world that has fallen. Th- this is part of, of having a soul, okay, that is not born again yet. Okay, that's not been renewed. Okay, but God has given us a way to have a sound mind. Okay, so today what I want to do is I want to talk about the most important thing we can do for our soul in our mental health. God tells us in Romans chapter 12 how to win this battle for our soul, okay? This is the key. This is the key, okay? Don't put up yet, because I'm trying to build up. I'm trying to build up to this. I'm trying to... <laughs> Come on. I'm just, I'm just messing. But this is the key to protection and healing in our mental health. This is the TSN turning point. Does that help anybody? Okay, this is gonna shift the momentum in our mental health. This is the ultimate thing that we can do to care for our soul. This is it. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. Romans 12 and verse two. Do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind focused on godly values and ethical attitudes so you may prove for yourselves what the will of god is that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you the answer the answer is we need to renew our minds we need to renew our minds they're not born again Right? But but we've had these minds for our whole lives in a fallen world. We need to renew our minds. You know, this is one of those things that I've talked about a lot in the last fifteen years and I foresee I'm gonna talk about it a lot in the next fifteen years. It's one of those things that we just keep needing we just keep have to to, to revisit it. You know, it's amazing to me how many times God I feel that God wants to talk about forgiveness. I've probably talked about forgiveness more than anything else. Maybe another one would be prayer, right? And and God just keeps bringing these things, keeping them in front of us, right? Because he understands the life and death importance of these things for his kids, okay? And renewing our mind is one of those things because it has to happen daily, Okay, so renewing your mind means changing the way you think. It means thinking the way that God thinks. It means making our thoughts agree with God's word. It's coming into agreement with the freedom and healing Jesus provided us on the cross. One of my favorite preachers of all time, he always says, Jesus did not die so you can live broke, busted, and disgusted. A renewed mind is a sound mind. It means living in the security and assurance of knowing who God is and knowing who you are in him. It it means it's a peaceful mind. It's a mind that's sure of what you hope for and certain of what you can't see. It's the difference Please hear this. It's the difference in losing or winning the battle for the soul and our mental health. It's the difference. Renewing our minds. Renewing our mind with the truth of God's word is 100% our best defense against fear, anxiety, depression, paranoia, eating disorders, regret, Guilt, condemnation, confusion, doubt, worry, loneliness, insecurity, and every spiritual attack against our mind and our soul. Are you ready to go to battle today? We're going to engage in some spiritual warfare this morning. Steve, we've got, how many of you uh, love rats? Anybody? Anybody love rats? Okay, a couple of you. So this, this won't quite work for you, this illustration. But, but if, you, if you're not aware that a rat has made its home in your home, you kind of just go about living your life. But as, you, as soon as you become aware that a rat has made its home in your home, You get rid of it, okay? And that's the spiritual warfare we're doing today. Does that make sense? We're going to get rid of some rats today. That sound good? I had another uh, illustration that was way creepier than that. So I just, (laughs) I went with rats, so I hope that's okay. Um, um, but, But it's time to reclaim our minds for Christ again, okay? It's time to renew our hope this morning. Okay, let's pray. God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. I thank you so much, Lord, for what you've what you've done already here. And God, I just pray that we're going to be open to hearing the voice of the Lord today and the word of the Lord today in Jesus' name. Let us hear the voice of God today. Let us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit today as, as, you, as you shine light on things that need to change, in Jesus' name. As you shine light on some rats this morning, in Jesus' name, let us be aware and sensitive to the Holy Spirit's guiding and leading this morning in Jesus' name. And I just come against any, uh, any demon, any demonic force, any demonic oppression, any demon that might think about manifesting this morning. We just come against that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we declare freedom this morning. We declare freedom this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I like that, that, that Braveheart reference this morning. I thought when you said we're going to show a video, I thought we're going to watch Braveheart <laughs> after that. Freedom! <laughs> that was a powerful scene. <clears throat> Okay, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verses 3 to 5. I like hearing those pages turn. If you don't have your Bibles with you, I'm trying to make you feel really bad about it. Um You know, this this isn't quite the same, but I don't know. I'm just kidding. We're always going to have the scripture up here for you as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So this is how we renew our minds. This, 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 is, this is how we do it in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So there's two things that he acknowledges here that Paul acknowledges. Number one, is we use our divine weapons that he's given us to pull down strongholds. This is how we renew our mind, okay? And number two is we take captive thoughts, okay? Today, I want to talk about pulling down strongholds. Next week, I want to talk about taking captive thoughts, okay? So our freedom is going to be over seven days here, <laughs> okay? But let's understand what a, what a stronghold is, okay? So a stronghold, a fortress, some of your translations might say fortress, okay? Uh, but basically, uh, a stronghold is a fortress of lies, okay? It's when you, when, when you think of a stronghold in biblical times, it, it's that walled city, right? And that the, the walls around the city, they're all made of stone, Okay? And and uh, the stones in that stronghold, okay. Those those are those are like stones in our minds that are lies. They're incorrect thought patterns. Their arguments. Their reasonings. Their proud and lofty ideas that try to elevate themselves higher than the word of God, higher than the truth, okay. And. Um, one stone doesn't, doesn't necessarily make a stronghold, but when you have multiple stones, okay, they start to build up and create a fortress in your mind, okay? So it's not just the, the lies, though, but once that fortress is built, now the enemy can inhabit that stronghold in your mind, And now there's a place in our minds where the enemy can live and can attack us further from that place because he's built a, a, a fort, a stronghold right in our minds. So if we allow the thoughts and the lies of the enemy in our mind and we choose to let them stay, We're potentially building fortified places in our minds for the enemy to live that enables him to steal and kill and destroy our life. It enables him to wage war against our relationship with God, against our knowledge of God and knowledge of who we are in him. Do you think that could have an effect on our mental health? And I promise you, every one of us has done this. Okay? Now, the thoughts and the lies of the enemy are not more powerful than the truth. I don't want us to have that impression, okay? But we empower the lies of the enemy by giving it our yes. Our vote to believe the lie empowers that lie in our life, it has no power over truth unless we give it power. Okay, and I want to show you this in scripture in in uh, in the Old Testament when the when the uh, uh, God's people, the Jewish people, the Israelites were freed from Egypt. Okay, and then they were going to where the Promised Land, right? And before they went into the promised land, they sent in some spies. Okay? And uh, they wanted to kind of scope it out, so the spies went out into the promised land. They came back. This was their report in Numbers 13. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And watch this. And that's what they thought too. How did they know? How did the spies know what, what the people in the promised land thought of them? They didn't have conversations with anyone. Why did they think that they saw them as grasshoppers, right? It's absolutely because they were deceived. They were lied to. The enemy told them, God has lied to you. You're never going to take this land, right? They're too big, and they look at you the same way that you see yourself. They look at you like you're a grasshopper. You are just a grasshopper. and that entire generation spent 40 years wandering in the desert and dying in the desert and they were never able to partake in the promises of God because they believed the lie they had a stronghold of, of fear a, a pattern of fear a pattern of thinking built up in their minds that were they were not able to overcome I have no doubt they lived in depression and fear and regret for the rest of their lives in the desert. But then in Joshua 40, in Joshua, sorry, 40 years later, we learn the truth actually about how the nations in the promised land actually perceived the Israelites. Joshua 2, this is when he's talking to Rahab. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us. And all of us who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you and when you came out of Egypt. See, the truth was, is they were afraid of God's people 40 years ago because they heard of the power that was with them. The God who dried up the Red Sea and then caused it to swallow up the enemy when they tried to pursue them. They had fear 40 years ago. The Israel spies were absolutely lied to. They could have taken the land But they chose the lie. They could have had the promises of God. But they chose the lie. They could have lived in the provision and the victory of God. The enemy lied to them because he doesn't want them to have what God promised them. And made available to them. And the enemy is still lying to God's people today. To prevent us from living in the promises of God. That he has made available to us through his son. He wants to stop us from living in the provision and the victory of Christ. It's time to pull down some strongholds. When the enemy lies to us, he, he will always attack two things. Number one is, is the nature of God. When you go back to the Garden of Eden, what was the first thing, the first words uttered by Satan to Eve? Do you remember? Essentially. Who said that? Yeah, essentially. Do you remember, do you remember exactly what he said? Yeah. Yeah. That's it, Elliot. Did God really say you can't eat the fruit from, from any, any tree in the garden? You're not, you're not really going to die if you eat that tree. God just told you that because he doesn't want you to have the same knowledge that he has, the knowledge of, of good and evil. See, he attacked his, his character He's attacking the nature of God. He essentially is saying, God's word is not solid ground that you can stand on. He's saying, God is lying to you. You can't trust him. He's saying, God's insecure. He doesn't want you to know what he knows. And when we really think, step back and think of some of the things that Satan tells us, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, especially if you know the truth. Right? Do you ever watch like a, a, a quiz show and they ask a question that you know the answer to and it seems really obvious to you and then, and then they say the wrong answer and you're like that person is so stupid <laughs> like you ever has, ever has anyone done that or is that just me super judgmental Pastor Brett <laughs> right But the person's not stupid. They just didn't know the truth. How can we know the truth if we don't read the word? How's the sword of the spirit any use to us if it never comes out of the sheath? Are you with me? I don't know where I was. But the truth is, The truth is, he is the solid rock on which we can stand. The truth is, is that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Amen. The truth is, is that God gives us his mind in Jesus Christ. As a new creation, you have the mind of Christ. But Eve entertained the lie and chose the lie. What has the enemy been saying to you about the Father, about his nature? Is he challenging the love of God, the power of God, the goodness of God? Is he telling you that God doesn't care about you? It's time to pull down some strongholds, amen? The truth is, is that God sees you the truth is is that God does think about you. In fact, Zephaniah says he rejoices over you with singing. The truth is, is that you put a song in the heart of God. You inspire him to sing about you and about how much he loves you. Even when I said that, Satan's trying to some the enemy's trying to lie to you. Say, shut up, devil. That was for me. <laughs> so he, he's going to always lie about the nature of God, and he's always, always going to lie about your identity in Jesus. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness, what was the first thing that Satan said to Jesus? What was the first thing he said? Yeah. How did he start that? How did he start that sentence? If. If if you are really the son of God, you can read about it in Luke 4, if you're really the son of God, right? He's trying to make him question his identity as the son of God. He's trying to challenge his position as a child of God. And the devil offers Jesus a chance to leave the right hand, his position, as the right hand, sitting at the right hand of God, to sit at the right hand of the devil. Wow, what a, what a horrible, horrible demotion. <laughs> right? And again, when you step back and look at that, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. How many of you know that Satan is not the opposite of God? That they're not even on the same level. Satan's the opposite of Michael, the archangel. God created both of them. Heard a pastor this week say that Satan is not as big as he thinks he is. God uses him like a chess piece on a chessboard. <laughs> what has the enemy been saying about you? Is he challenging your value, your faith, your purpose, your position as the righteousness of God, your position as a child of the Most High? How many of you know that it's time to pull down some strongholds today? What's the best way to defeat a lie? It's with the truth, okay? Absolutely, our best weapon, okay, that God has equipped us with is the truth of God's word, the truth of God's word, okay? God's word is alive and mighty. It says it's mighty, In God. It has divine power. Everyone say God power. The word of God has God power. It's alive. And it is so much more powerful than the lie. You know, one of my favorite stories, and I've I've told this story here multiple times. (laughs) Okay. And I wasn't being lazy this week. I just love this story. (laughs) I, I just love it. And uh, and so some of you might have heard this story before. I think the last time I said it was maybe, or told this story is maybe in 2021, um, I think. Um, but uh, Dr. Walter Martin, have you ever heard of Dr. Walt Martin? He's passed away now. He was an expert, an expert in world religions. And uh, he would go to different churches, and, and he would do... Uh, you know, teaching and seminar about these world religions. Not just that, but how to witness to someone who is a part of these world religions. How to how to preach the gospel to them. And uh, he was pretty famous in his day. In the in the, he's more, mostly in the eighties and seventies, eighties and, and maybe nineties. And um, and so uh, you know, some some Jehovah Witnesses. And he was he was actually expert in Jehovah Witness um, religion, and, uh, and some, some Jehovah Witnesses got, got wind that he was coming to their city, and so they actually went to the church that he was speaking. They wanted to hear him speak, and, and what you have to understand about Jehovah Witnesses is that they do not believe that Jesus is God. They do not believe Jesus is God. They believe Jesus is Michael, the archangel. They believe that the Trinity is satanic. Okay, so they don't believe Jesus is the son of God. They believe he was Michael, and they don't believe he rose again from the grave, but after his body was killed, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Michael, the archangel, went back to heaven as, as an angel, okay, as, as a spirit. And so... They went to, um, to this, this conference, and, uh, and they sat in the front row. There was a group of about 15 of them. And uh, after uh, Dr. Martin was done his talk, uh, there was a question and answer time. And so that, you know, people were asking questions, but, but really that question and answer time was dominated by these Jehovah Witnesses. And so they kept them there for two hours after the meeting, um, and after everyone was dismissed, just talking about asking questions and trying to, trying to challenge and, and, and come against the things that he was saying. And so finally that was over. Dr. Martin went to his car and a woman, one specific Jehovah Witness woman, followed him to his car. And she was just relentless. She just, wouldn't, she just would not stop. And she just kept coming at him and challenged. She wouldn't even let him finish what he was saying. Okay and, and something you need to also understand about Jehovah's Witnesses is that they they're, they're not allowed to interpret the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit that helps us to interpret the Bible. They're not allowed to they're only told what the Bible says by the Watchtower by their leadership. Okay, and sometimes the best thing you can do is not argue with a Jehovah's Witness but just 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 put the get, get them to read the Bible out loud. Just just put the put the sword in front of them, and kind of let them fall on it. Does that make sense? And so that's what Dr. Martin finally did. He just fed up. And finally, he just asked the question, um, <clears throat> what, uh, he said, he said, do you believe anything that Jesus tells you is true? And she said, yeah, I believe anything that, that Michael the archangel tells me is true. And, uh, and she said, okay, turning your Bibles to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. She said, I want you to read verse 18 to verse 21. Okay, John 2, verse 18 to 21. So she starts reading it. So the Jews said to him, What signs do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you'll raise it in three days? But look at verse 21. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. The Holy Spirit just turned the lights on for this woman when she saw that word, body. But here's how she read it. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. He said, what did you say? Body. He said, what did you say? Body. And he put the Bible right up to her face. (laughs) And he went, body, body, body. He, I think he was fed up with this woman. And he, he left. That was it. It was over. He walked away. He left. Two weeks later, he gets a call from the pastor at that church where he was at, where that woman was. And he said, you remember that woman that was questioning you after the conference? He says, yes, of course I remember. How can I forget her? He said, well... About five days after you left, she came into my office. She was a wreck. Her hair was disheveled. She looked like she hadn't bathed in a while. And she said, Pastor, I don't understand what's happening. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I can't function. Every time I try to sleep, all I hear in my mind is body body, body. She said, I don't understand this. I don't know what's happening, but I know that I need Jesus. And Dr. Martin was so excited. He said, that's awesome. Pastor said, yeah, but that's not all. After I led her to the Lord in my office, she went back that weekend to her Jehovah Witness church. And she got up in front of everybody. And she preached, body, body, body. And eleven more Jehovah Witnesses followed her out of that building, saved and delivered and healed in Jesus' name. Dr. Martin said, that's incredible. He said, that's not all. He said, She's been a Jehovah Witness for her, for her whole life and for the last 20 years she's been going door to door preaching watchtower theology. She's committed to go back to every single door she's been to over the last 20 years and preach body, body, body. The word of God is mighty. The word of God is alive and active, Amen. The word of God has the power to demolish strongholds. Her whole life, her whole life she's been taught lies. Strongholds being built up. One scripture, one word broke down multiple strongholds in that woman. And she was set free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to bring down some strongholds this morning. Are you ready? Ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Amen. I just want to lead, lead you in a prayer this morning. It's going to take a couple minutes, okay? And, and so I'm going to have you repeat this after me, and, and it's going to take some time. Is it okay that we take a little time to free some people this morning? Okay. Um, I'm trying to decide if we should do this sitting or standing. It's, it's going to be a couple minutes probably to go through it. Um. Can God deliver us while we're sitting down? I think He can. I think He can. So we're gonna pray this prayer. I'm the prayer up on the screen here. And I'm just gonna have you repeat it after me so that way you'll have it though if I if I go too long. Let's pray. Okay. Let's invite the Holy Spirit move let's invite the Holy Spirit to fill us up this morning hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord fill us up Lord thank you Jesus pray this prayer after me Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. I, confess I, I confess that I have allowed thoughts into my mind that were contrary to the truth of your word I renounce those thoughts in Jesus' name. I I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit Spirit. so I can be guided by you and not carry out the desires of the flesh or flesh. Or or entertain thoughts that are not of you. I declare my total dependence on you. And I take my stand against Satan and all his lying ways. I I I I choose to believe the truth of your word despite what my feelings might say. I choose to put on the full armor of God so that I may be able to stand firm against the devil's schemes. I submit my body as a living and holy sacrifice to you. And And I choose to renew my mind with your living word. I I pray this in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ. Okay, we're going to address three specific lies here now, okay? Three specific lies. Repeat after me. I renounce the lie that I am rejected, unloved, or shameful. I I am accepted by God. God God says, I am a child of God. God "I God." I I am Christ's friend. I've been justified. I'm united with the Lord and I am one Spirit with Him. I am united with the Lord and I am one Spirit I've been bought, with been bought with a price and I belong to God. I'm a member of Christ's body. I'm a, of body. I'm a saint, a Holy One. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I've been redeemed and forgiven of all my sin. I am complete in Christ. Am complete. Amen. Here's, here's another, here's the second lie. I renounce the lie that I am guilty, unprotected, alone, or abandoned. I renounce the lie that I am guilty, unprotected, alone, or abandoned. In Christ, I am secure. God says, I am free from condemnation. I'm assured that all things work together for good. I'm free, I'm free from condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I've God. I been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I'm confident that the good work done in me will be perfected. I am, perfected. I am a citizen of heaven. I'm hidden, I'm hidden with Christ in God I've not been given a spirit of fear but power, love and a sound mind of I can find grace and mercy to help me in my time of need I'm born of God and the evil one cannot touch me This is the third lie we're going to address. I renounce the lie that I am worthless, inadequate, helpless, or hopeless. In Christ, I am significant. God says, I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I'm a branch of the true vine, Jesus, a channel of his life. I've been chosen, and by God to bear fruit. been chosen and appointed by God to bear fruit. I'm a personal spirit powered witness, witness of Christ. I'm a personal spirit powered witness. I'm a temple of God. I'm a minister of reconciliation for God. I a minister of reconciliation for God. I'm God's co worker. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I'm God's workmanship, masterpiece created for good works. I am God's workmanship masterpiece created for good works. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everybody say, I am who God says I am. 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 Amen. Let's give God a hand. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. We're going to end we're going to end by uh, just making a declaration in this song that we're going to sing here that we absolutely are who God says we are. Amen. God bless